coming up. What an excellent day for mansplaining. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 70 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Dr. Berenger saying, of course, there is one outside chance for the cure. And it ends with him saying, although not for the reasons they think. No, 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 no. They couldn't possibly be it. I'm a big doctor man with my coat, and I know things, and I have an even bigger desk than Dr. Klein's. You you could fit like like 10 little cars on there. Look at that desk. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> Before we go on, yes, we we understand the irony of a of a um, episode called mansplaining, and it's two men explaining. <laughs> but that's what you all signed up for. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but no, I, yeah, we decided to call it mansplaining uh, just to just to mansplain it to you, <laughs> because Doctor Berenger hasn't shut up since the last minute, so he's still going on, folks. Um, this whole like this was this was a big block of text on. Um, um, Peter Masterson, that's his name? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. So this this whole thing, this was a big block of tes- text on the script uh, for, for Mr. Peter Masterson here. Right. Um, yeah. Um, and it's been expertly intercut with like all these uh, shots of Reagan and Chris and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, actually, before we get into this minute, there's something I wanted to ask you, Keenan. Mm-hmm. So in our last minute, we have introduced the very real danger of the possibility of Reagan being put away somewhere. Mm-hmm. How does that jive with Howdy's plan, if at all? Like, I, I have my opinions, but I wanted to check in with you. Oh, with his plan, I guess, because you're uh, – hmm, I haven't really thought about – I see him uh, as sort of a chaos agent, and you see him as having more of a plan, so I guess I haven't really thought about it. But hmm. I think he's just in there to muck things up. Just to muck things up. Okay. <laughs> just um, to be that rain cloud that follows um, Eeyore around or Winnie yeah. the Pooh around. I can't remember. But. <laughs> well, I, like, so I'm, so I'm tra- like, like, hypothetically, mm-hmm. like, if this played out and she did get – you know, put away into a spa. Um, <laughs> yeah, Norman Bates says uh, when when um, Marion Crane and, and Psycho is saying you should you could put her somewhere. He says they you always call a place like that somewhere. You never yeah. say the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> she goes off to live on a farm. You know? She's got lots of room to run and play around. And, you know. <laughs> She'll get her own spinoff movies with Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like then. Then what's Captain Howdy going to do? Is he right. going to like sit there and jabber away? Like, like so personally, I think if push came to shove and it was really looking like they were going to put Reagan away, Captain Howdy would do something. He would he would like pull some strings with the higher ups, or I guess like the lower downs, um, <laughs> or or he would just like. I don't know, hang back and let Reagan be normal. Um, you know, like something so that the docs would like change their mind and not put her away. Like putting Reagan away would certainly hurt mom, which is what he wants to do. But I also think he's trying to get to Karis. He's mm. trying to get to Marin. He's trying to get them all together, in my opinion. I don't even know if folks would agree with me on that, um, that like that Karis and Marin showing up are part of his plan, but mm. I personally think it is. And and if you put Reagan away before 
exorcism is even introduced as an idea, I feel like like that's counter to what Captain Howdy wants. He wants that showdown with Marin. Mm-hmm. Like both the book and the movie tell us that those two have met and fought before. And there's even more in the book. Like like I can't oh I can't wait to get to it because like it, it tells us just how Howdy feels mm-hmm. about Marin and how much he wants to see Marin fall from grace. Mm-hmm. So so no, I I, I don't think in the grand scheme of things um i don't think reagan being put away was ever gonna happen right that's that said how he relishes in hanging that over chris's head um so he's gonna let that like play out as much as he can i think so i don't want to rain on parades or anything i'm just asking i don't want to i don't want to put any cold water about things but Mm -hmm. like but are we assuming that that cap and howdy he wants like are we assuming that it's part of his plan to get Marin in that room with Karis and Reagan just because that's what happens? You know, and then we're and then we're sort of going backwards and saying that must be his plan because he's a he's a great villain. This kind of goes in line with my thesis statement for mm-hmm. this whole thing, right? Like you talk about like everybody in this film or in this book is possessed by something. They've all got those skeletons in the closet, right? Mm-hmm. They're all guilty about something. And I think, and this is this is my opinion, but it's been um, uh, sort of colored by other things that I've read. And it's also been colored by um, what Father Marin says on those steps, right? That mm-hmm. scene that, you know, that was taken out, right? That is, that is put back in here. Um, that Reagan isn't actually the target. Um, right. Captain Howdy like has has nothing like personally against Reagan, but he sees that Reagan is this object of love that is kind of like the center of like all of these other people that he can get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can get to Chris, he can get to Marin, he can get to Karis by using Reagan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I want to talk more about his plan mm-hmm. um, and and kind of like the larger details of it. Um, but I want to I want to save that for when we're in the room with him. All right. Um, but I think it is I think it, it has uh, a lot to do with what Father Marin says on those steps. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think all that to say, um, I don't actually think Reagan being put away was ever going to happen if Captain Howdy had anything to say about it. All right. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, we will we will explore this further uh, once we get there, folks, and I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so let's get back to this minute. We actually have some silent moments just before Dr. Berenger says his first line. Um, he's still walking to the desk and he's looking at Chris because, again, folks, he is about to say something batshit crazy. Um, talk about, you know, putting people away. Um <laughs> So <laughs> he's going to say it in front of witnesses yes. <laughs> with the secretary in the corner writing right. it all down. Oh, my God. So. So, yeah. So he's he's taking his time. And while he's taking his time, the camera is taking us on a journey, folks, um, which ends as we pass behind Chris's head. Very much like the camera uh, likes to pass in, like in front of um uh, environmental objects, mm-hmm. right? Like, remember, folks, this camera has done this a bunch of times now. It moves behind stuff in the attic. It ducks behind the banister on the stairs. It, it's constantly, like, emerging or hiding, right? Like, mm-hmm. pillars move in and swallow our characters up, right? The pillars from Iraq or the subway station, right? And as the camera makes this weird pass, this weird, like, transition, the scene also transitions. We're crossing some some uh, threshold, and we're now in a new space, a new uh, feeling, new stakes, new POV. Something has changed. And what's changed here for me, mm-hmm. this is when the movie becomes The Exorcist. 
Um, I, I don't, I don't mean literally. I know it's, I know it's the exorcist the whole time, the, 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 the whole time. <laughs> but this is the moment we, the audience have been waiting for, right? Like this is what we bought our tickets for, waited in line for, uh, this is the movie that we have come to see, right? When the docs suggest the next thing, we're like, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost now Keenan, tell me what you think of this. Um, I'm, I'm, I may cut this out if, if, if this makes me sound too stupid, uh. but it almost feels like a false start to act two. No, I don't think that's stupid at all. So I said this way, way back before that like mm. it has an incredibly long act one. And I'm sure mm. I, I would love to hear counter arguments to that about act one. I don't know, starting around minute 30 or 40, but I don't think it's really mm. there because act one is setting up the complications leading to the main character or main characters making this big chain, like this decision, this um, uh, point of no return idea, right? Um, And usually we say it has to happen from the main character making a decision. If it's just just the villain or the antagonist doing it all, then it's not not them making a decision, right? So just possessing Reagan isn't Mm. enough. What we're looking for in Act 2 is the main characters making a decision, I will do this or I will try to do this or that. Right. So if if the movie's about an exorcism right. and it's called The Exorcist, right? They we have not had Chris and and Damien meet and say this is what we're going to try to do. This this right. movie is about us trying to exorcise the demon out of my daughter. Right. And so if if we're going by that definition, which is crazy because that's like still another 10 minutes away, mm-hmm. then then this might be, you know, the this if you think about a more conventional 30 minute act one or like 25 to 35 minute act one, mm-hmm. there is a period oftentimes that is a false start to it. Mm. The call to adventure that is then rejected. Right. So, so this is sort of potentially that, right? Like how mm. about an exorcist? And she's like, you are a fucking bald, <laughs> <laughs> white, white man. You're talking crazy. <laughs> right. And then she has to go home and think about it and be like, I think that bald guy was right. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, folks, neither of us cannot talk about how bald these doctors <laughs> oh, are. Oh no, that's in Chris's. Uh, that's Chris's words. Oh, oh yeah, it's, 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 of course, that's, that's Chris. That's not. That's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah we love yeah. bald people. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> it's 2023. Yeah. We have we have room for all types of of hairstyles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but anyways, yeah, yeah. like, um, yeah, just it's just so strange that they're all bald. All, all these doctors, <laughs> everybody but Doctor Tanny. That's what I'm saying. It's it's a rite of passage. It's like you get your. <laughs> You know, it was like, how are you going to contain all those brains with all that hair? You know? right, well, Dr. Tanny does, isn't bald. Well, he wasn't a very good doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tanny's got to keep that, that uh, full head of hair for, um, for his musical debut. The, you know, Dr. Tanny and his, his amazing Technicolor glasses. He's got, he's, he needs those beautiful blue eyes and that, uh, and that, that full head of hair. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think that that would not be atypical that we would have sort of a false um, a false start to Act Two. Yeah, um, like mm. oftentimes in a real Act Two, we will have a false ending where mm-hmm. the person either gives up, or it looks like the bad guy has won, or mm-hmm. it looks like the hero has won, but not in a satisfying way. Or right, yeah. So we like we like you know these fake out moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure if you know if someone's watching this for the first time, they're like, "Finally, The Exorcist!" Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's coming. It's coming. It's what I've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I it, it almost seems like in a, in a lesser movie, like they would say, it's like you need to call The Exorcist. You know, just like say uh-huh. the title of the movie. Right? That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> this truly was the perfect storm. Oh, that's know? that's exactly the example I was going to say. <laughs> like that. So that is a bad moment in a pretty good movie, The Perfect Storm. Mm-hmm, You've mm-hmm. seen that? 
oh, like, yes, like yes. it's an eye rolling <laughs> idea. <laughs> um, but it's so bad and so catching that like we use that term all the time for other things. Mm-hmm. Right? This is, um, you know, this is a uh, financial troubles like in the economy. This is a perfect storm of economic trouble. It's a perfect yeah. storm of political uh, turmoil or whatever. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's so on the nose and shockingly bad mm-hmm. when Christopher McDonald says that. It's the perfect storm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Hello, you- police. My son Kevin is home alone. <laughs> I, do they say that? I wonder. They they say it like several times. <laughs> and as as a little kid, I was just like every time they said it, I like like just some some little chemical that just like fired off in my brain. I was like, ah. I understand art now. Art yeah. art is when they say the title. <laughs> Because <laughs> like oftentimes in books, right? It's it's the uh, the prologue, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like of mice and men is the prologue of of mice and men, right? The saddest mm-hmm, words mm-hmm. of mice and men is what could have been, right? Uh, yeah. So they tell us right at the top. Um, mm-hmm. But but sometimes, yeah, uh, like the uh, I don't know how it works in the book, but the Silence of the Lambs I think is like the best version of that because mm, you already right. think it's like a scary title, so you're not like yeah. you're not like going in like what the hell is the Silence of the Lambs? You're not thinking about that at all, right? And then when yeah. he describes that to you, uh, are you trying to silence the lambs? Clearly, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. no. <laughs> it's a completely different thing than what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, the totally on the nose ones, like, um, did you see Ridley Scott's uh, All the Money in the World? No. Really trashy movie about um, J. Paul Getty's grandson being kidnapped. And so he's the richest man in the world. And then oh. his grandson gets kidnapped in Italy. Mm-hmm. And then what they don't what they don't count on is that the grandfather is a, is a terrible bastard. Oh. And he's not going to give the money. <laughs> and so then um, his daughter-in-law... Um, you know, the, the mother of the grandson is like, you have to give him the money. It's Michelle Williams. Like, you have to give him the money. <laughs> and, and like they say several times, something along the lines of all the money in the world or, or he's like, I wouldn't do that for all the money in the world. And I, I'm in the theater like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he says like, like we have all the time in the world. Like, yes, <laughs> I don't want any scene where that phrase isn't mentioned in this movie. <laughs> so they don't do it once. They no, do it several times. They do it several times. I, if, if they had asked me, I would have wanted them to do it more. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. It's a really trashy kind of pulpy movie with all this like really wonderful, like really Scott production value. But yeah, if anything, it needs to be a little trashier. Luke, join me and we can rule the galaxy in these wars in the stars. But that's the joke from Bill Murray. Simba, you're going to be the king and you're a lion. You're going to be the king lion. But that's the joke in Bill Murray's Star Wars song, right, in SNL? Oh, uh, where, he, where he sings the words to Star Wars. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like Star oh, I see that now. Wars, nothing but Star Wars. These crazy <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> uh, yeah, sir, what'll it be? It's like, uh, two beers, please. Oh, who are you? Oh, I'm the, the man who walked up a hill and came down a mountain. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's terrible. That's probably the most famous title of a movie that nobody ever saw. Oh, yeah. No, no. I haven't seen it either. Right, right. I, I only remember it because that title is so fucking long. <laughs> what do you want for dinner, honey? Oh, how about some fried green tomatoes? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. What are, you, what are you babbling on about, Ripley? Are you, are you saying that this <laughs> ship has been infested with other beings? <laughs> Of, of of some other planet, <laughs> extraterrestrials, extraterrestrials, ETs. <laughs> <Is it> e- <laughs> but then you watch. But then you watch ET, and right. it's like he's some sort of 
alien. alien. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a friend of mine pointed out that in the in the latest Star Wars trilogy that the titles are interchangeable. So, <laughs> so like the Force Awakens could apply to number seven, number eight, or number nine. Oh, yeah. The Last Jedi could apply to number seven, number eight, I, or number nine. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker could apply yeah. to any one of them. You know, <laughs> it's not called the Empire. Mm-hmm anymore but it is kind of striking back <laughs> i'm just saying metaphorically metaphorically right and ray is kind of like a new hope <laughs> you know i'm just I, you know i bet they're all interchangeable <laughs> <laughs> not to we love star wars folks um or at least i do mm-hmm. uh you know the star wars minute was the first uh, of these uh, movie by minutes uh podcasts and they, oh, yeah. they kind of uh, um uh, they were the they were uh, the originators of this trend. So mm-hmm. yeah, so listen to them. They're they're very they're very good. Um, <clears throat> All right. So what's what crazy crazy ass thing is this? Uh, yeah, yeah. We have this man going to say this man. Yeah. This man. He's mansplaining. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. So so we were yeah, okay. We were talking about like a, a false act too, right? Because because he's he's about to say something that that sounds absolutely nuts, right? Oh yeah. Um, but. I'm I'm also noticing just how long it's taking our docs to say the thing in this. Well, I mean, like it's taken us very long to say this thing, right? But as I'm watching and I'm taking notes, I'm like, okay, now he's going to say it. Okay, now he's going to say it. Any second, right? And he just keeps stalling and blustering, right? So so he says he says there is an outside chance for a cure, but uh, well, he thinks of it as a shock treatment, right? And he says it again. He's like, as I said, it's, it's a very outside chance. And like as if Chris is going to be like, uh, like imagine like him stalling and stalling and stalling. And then Chris is like, well, if it's that outside, then never mind, doctor. I don't want to hear about it, right? <laughs> and she closes her little folder and right. she just walks away, right? Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, right. I don't want to. I don't want to go that far. Right. Oh, can anybody validate my parking on the? Way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Of course she doesn't. Right. She says, "Would you just name it for God's sakes?" Interesting choice of words. Right. Like mm-hmm. all of these Christ and God, you know, coming from Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like uh, uh, to the point of like what this guy's going to say. Mm-hmm. But also Keenan, she says that line so gently and so patiently and so kindly. Like that's the thing that threw me off. I was like, Chris. How are you able to speak so like kindly and gently to mm. this like stuttering man child, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's such a tactical change from before when she was talking to Klein, when she was uh, talking to Tanny back in the house. Like even just from the the last minute uh, uh, to this one, it, it's a change, right? right? Like in the last minute where she said, "I don't care what you call it, I'm not putting her away," mm-hmm. as if she were like disciplining a group of kids. Like I don't care what you call it, like Superman, Iron Man, flying nun. You're not jumping off the roof, mm-hmm. right? Like. But I think, I think that's it. Like, I think we're seeing Chris realize, okay, these children in lab coats aren't listening to my first mom voice. Mm-hmm. I got to pull out the other mom voice. And, show, and so she's like, hey, it's okay. You can tell me I won't be mad. Like, again, she's a mom. She probably had to use both of those tones with Reagan, though I think Reagan is a little bit more mature than that. <laughs> right, just to play high status and low status. Right, right. Um, now, actually, in the book, I'm pretty sure Blatty has her saying it the opposite way. She's just like, why don't you just name it for God's sakes? Right. Um, but we know that Blatty likes the like the the pathos, the emotion. Mm-hmm, right. Um, but yeah, I wanted to check with you. Like, what mm-hmm. what directions, if any, does it have in the screenplay? Like, are there like parentheticals? Like, oh, like like performance notes for this. Yeah, Nothing. like like. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, there's some underlined words, so mm-hmm. you know, uh, Chris. I don't care what you call it. Well, mm-hmm. let me try to say it without any emphasis, right? Like, just say, okay. Chris, I don't care what you call it. 
that's what they have hmm. there. Um, yeah. And then, that's even, that even had some emphasis. I know. I guess. I guess. How could you, like? Yeah. I don't care what you call it. Right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what you call it. Right. But what, what is underlined it. though? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, will you name it? For God's sakes, what is it? So hmm. name underlined and is underlined, and that's about it. But so yeah. so does Doctor Berenger, who again in the script is called clinic director because it'd be insane right. that he works as a clinic named after him or named right. after his father. Maybe would make more mm. sense. Doctor Berenger is my father <laughs> and foundation and foundation. <laughs> <laughs> but he has some underlined words. There is one outside chance of a cure. I think of it as shock treatment, but I say it's a very outside chance. Interesting. Yeah, but there's no parenthetical hysterical or right. or uh, doubling down or anything like that. Which, okay, like which, if any, would you see as more effective and more kind of like, I don't know, freeing for for the actor to do their thing? Because like mm-hmm. what, I'm, what I'm trying to say here is I believe that this gentle tone mm-hmm. is a choice by Ellen Burstyn and it really works and it's really good. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see if she was going against the script or if the script didn't specify how to say it yes it does not specify how to say it and then um again if you're new to filmmaking or or haven't quite uh seen behind the scenes of how it works um Mm. uh actors usually have you know two or three or sometimes many many takes which is different performance versions so Mm. um depending on the type of actor some actors try to perfect one version and then some actors swing wild and try to do several different iterations so there might have been uh i'm not sure how ellen burson works so there might have been one where she is like about to throw over the table with that line and then somewhere right. and another one where she's uh, going under. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, whatever it is, uh, uh, Friedkin decided that this was the take. Right. Yeah. So the actor, the actor gives many takes and then the director with the help of the editors decides which take is the, the one that's going to work for the movie. Right. Huh. Now, again, even now we're sort of teased here, uh, before our doc can say what it is. Another doc pipes up with, <laughs> Do you have any religious beliefs? Mm-hmm. Right. And Chris says no. Then another doc, a female doc, mm-hmm. um, uh, she says, What about your daughter? Mm-hmm. Which I always thought was a weird question. Like, lady, if I'm not religious, what makes you think my 12 year old daughter is? <laughs> Although uh, I guess that could be possible. Like, Howard was religious and mm-hmm. that's like a sticking point or something. Or, uh, like, also, uh, now that I'm doing this movie with you, Keenan, and you brought up how, like, this is very much about a mother losing touch with her child mm-hmm. as she grows up. Right. I can see this question landing like that. Like, how much do you actually know about your little girl? Right. Do you know if she's religious? Are you sure? Right? right. I can, yeah, I can see that also giving Chris some unease. Yeah, because it could have been, um, you know, the the mother, I don't know, like in the novel, right? Like Chris might have lost her faith or at least it cemented that she didn't have faith to begin with because of the loss mm. of her first child. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I, you've heard that in this time period, I think less and less nowadays of like people like saying, I'm not religious, but I'm going to raise my little girl in the church just because, mm. right. And let them make the decision later. I think nowadays that's less common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think the book specifies, I think, I think it, it mentions those two things, mm-hmm. right? The death of her son and her being an atheist mm-hmm. as separate. I don't think it's, it, okay, it, right. it, it could be, it could mm-hmm. be causation or correlation, mm-hmm. um, just to bring those words back. <laughs> um, but it, I don't think Blatty says. Right. Um, so first of all, when this, uh, these other doctors pipe in, if I was Chris and I'd be so pissed, uh, you know, like, do you have any religious beliefs? And I'd be like, who the fuck are you? Like, what, what, yeah. like, like, like it's all team again. Like, and then the other way, what about you? But like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? Is this some Wait, I was squad? talking to Dr. Berenger. <laughs> right. The guy whose name is on the side of the building. Yeah. Where's your building? Right. <laughs> Dr. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Excuse me, I'm Dr. Mayo. Oh, I'm right, sorry, right, Dr. Right. Oh, I'm okay. Dr. Johns Hopkins. Yes, I'm I'm Dr. Van to the spa, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think it's interesting they're asking about Reagan's uh, religiosity because mm. there is a history of young girls and their religious feelings, um, which is, you know... Uh, almost impossible for us to do today, but but like mm. modern modern skeptics say, like oh you know Joan of Arc and the and the little girls who saw the Madonna at at at, at certain churches in Mexico, right? right? Like right. like that they were not having religious experiences; they were having um, medical hallucinations. Yes, yes. I mean, and like I guess uh, the one that uh, sprung to my mind mm-hmm. uh, first was um, you know the Salem witch trials; those yeah. uh, those little girls uh, in in the Crucible, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, at first, kind of like starting out as. Uh, a prank or just because they were bored and life is horrible and there's mm-hmm. nothing to do um, it, it kind of like uh, doing it to get attention but then like actually seeing and mm-hmm. actually like feeling what they what they claim to be going through yeah I, I had heard um, one modern historian looking at it anthropologically and wondering if there was an ergot uh, fungi poisoning I've heard that as well I think that has been debunked oh, okay. but that mm-hmm. but but again I'm I'm being told that that has been debunked by a podcast so uh, oh well you know you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah don't listen to podcasts folks. no no folks, don't you know. <laughs> no but turn like, this off right now but that's right. an interesting hypothesis but it, but it, it speaks to you know skeptics view of these historical what, what we what what you know believers call miracles right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Joan of Arc becomes a saint because she sees she sees the angels coming down to her and giving her advice to right. fight against the heretics right mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but a, a skeptic is is like you know you know, maybe there were million miracles uh, two thousand years ago, <laughs> but not, mm-hmm. but not no four hundred years ago. <laughs> what are we talking? Where there's a line somewhere where the age of miracles is over, and then everything after yeah. that is has to be medically explained. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I think that's interesting. Like, like for some reason, with young girls specifically, right? Like, like mm. the the young girl version of what we would call hysterical mm-hmm. um, is associated with a lot of religiosity historically. Interesting that yeah, like there there have been more like just comparatively relatively mm-hmm. there have been more. Uh, uh, documented cases of it being young girls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Huh. So I don't have an answer for that, but I think that that might be what they're trying to they're peek into. Like, because they, I imagine that that they're asking about their religiosity because they're trying to ask about whether Reagan has had visions, psychological issues, right. hallucinations in the past. Yeah, and this could very, you know, this could this could feed into like because if you do have a religious background, then that can feed into your your psychosis. Um, right. As we're gonna as we're gonna find out um, in uh, a couple minutes ahead, mm-hmm. when uh, when Chris gets very very angry about uh, uh, a religious item uh, in the house. Right. Um, but yeah, like so. Chris says no to both, right? She isn't religious mm-hmm. and her daughter is not religious, mm-hmm. right? And then she asks why. And that's when Dr. Berenger asks her if she's ever heard of exorcism. Mm-hmm. And I just want to congratulate Friedkin on his willpower not to add a musical sting <laughs> or a zoom or something like that. Because while I can't say I would, I like I, I think I would be tempted. I would. <laughs> like, I want to make sure everybody figures this out. I don't want to lose anybody behind. <laughs> this is it. This is the movie you can't see. <laughs> or, just, or just have Chris repeat it. Like, exorcism? <laughs> right. What's that? What's that? Even, even maybe just like a subtle little i don't know uh, like a little sound a little pulse like a little tremor Mm -hmm. like you know those sounds that don't sound like anything just like a deep vibration or something yes yeah that's really common in modern horror scores right just Mm -hmm. yeah or just like like a boom right (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. But no, Friedkin doesn't use that because right. he's better than both of us. At least, <laughs> right. at least directorially, Absolutely. like maybe not as a, not as a person. I, I wouldn't want to work with him. No. But he makes better movies than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, do- he doesn't even linger on this guy's face, right. right? As soon as he says the word exorcism, we get just enough time to see him sort of squirm at what he just said. Like he finally got it out and he's like, right? right. And then we cut to Chris and I swear to God, Keenan, um, the timing of this cut is so funny. <laughs> like we joked before about making this movie a romantic comedy. You could lift this part directly from the film and plop it down in that trailer. Mm-hmm. Like this, like this cut. And and it's so quirky and silly. I don't know. Like the beats are perfect, right? Is like, have you ever heard of exorcism? Cut, <laughs> head turn, back to Berenger mumbling as if he said something wrong, right? <laughs> also, also Keenan. I don't know if the secretary behind Chris was given any direction about this. She's out of focus. Like, Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to notice her. But, like, go back and look. When Chris turns her head to look at Behringer, Mm -hmm. the secretary behind her does the exact same thing. (laughs) She does. They're the only two people in the frame. And it's like, so it's like, have you ever heard of exorcism? Cut. Both of them turn their heads to him. (laughs) Uh, Record scratch, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that, like, so Berenger is the guy. His his name or his daddy's name is on the side of the clinic, right? But they're like, or his or his uh, his mom's name, <laughs> like his mother. No, wait, nineteen seventies. Never mind. A doctor. Yeah, nineteen seventies. <laughs> right. No way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. My name can't be on the side of this clinic. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pre- prescribe exorcism to this to this little boy because he's my son. <laughs> yeah, but um, like. Somehow he's in charge of it. So whether his name is actually mm-hmm. Dr. Berenger or not, right? It's mm-hmm. not listed here. The script doesn't have that, et cetera. Um, right. But he's the leader of this. But but everyone seems to be setting him up to like, we're going to do some work. We're going to ask whether the girl knows about religious feelings so we can work on this placebo thing, right? With the exorcism. Mm-hmm. Right? But you're going to have to be the one to drop that because I'm not going to get caught saying <laughs> exorcism anywhere. It's like, again... Uh, if you need to, um, if you need to uh, a subpoena the exorcist minute for any reason, mm-hmm. I don't have any notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lester has all the notes. I don't write anything down. <laughs> it's partially laziness and partially to be sure that I have um, what's the word um, plausible deniability. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think no, no, no. I, I think uh, Keenan, Keenan, you work best, and we discuss the notes before we, before we, uh, you know, sure, um, sure, sure. And, and you take a look at. <laughs> sure. I, I, I real, yeah, yeah, I study them. <laughs> <laughs> I work real hard. I'm trying to save you, Keenan. Um, but no, no, no. Like I, I think, I think Keenan, you operate the best mm-hmm. this way. Um, I need my, uh, I need my. Oh no, my it's great. No, no, it's it's so totally helpful for me, which is I don't have yeah. the notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like um, these doctors here are like. I'm not going to, and they're not going to catch me writing down <laughs> anywhere, tell the yeah. girl to get an exorcism <laughs> on my letterhead with my name on it. Absolutely not. This guy, Behringer, he's, he's, he's yeah. going down. Yeah. He's, he's on his way out. Like, you know, <laughs> we're we're going to call this the, um, you know, the Stenninger Clinic. After this, you know. um, but right, I, what, what's I, the Behringer Clinic going to do? Fire Dr. Mm, Behringer? Yeah. <laughs> And foundation. And foundation, right? You can't do that. Dr. Berenger, would you step into my, my office? And he's just he's just talking on the um on the intercom. He's like, sure thing. Right. He's just, and he just crosses, he walks over to the other side of the desk and sits down. Right. It's like, what what the hell were you thinking? Prescribing exorcism to this and then he, he runs up and he gets to the other other side of the desk. He's like, Well, I, I, I don't know. And he and he acts afraid. He's like, oh, just uh, you know, pulls his collar like he's sweating, you know. Well, don't let it happen again. 
<laughs> I can't fire you because we, you're me. But <laughs> but no, uh, but yeah, folks, I think we are lulled into a a fake sense of. I don't even know what you would call it, like plausibility uh-huh. when he suggests it because it, like, it's called the exorcist, right. right? And we know that an exorcism is happening. And so when he suggests exorcism, it doesn't hit us, I think, the way it's supposed to. Well, or, or that's arguable, right? right? Like it hits us like we're like, oh, finally. But also like just imagine that like today you go to a doctor and they can't figure out what's wrong with you. And they say like, have you ever considered going to a priest? Mm-hmm. Like- you would you would slap that doctor. Uh, yeah. That like it's 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 as unbelievable today as it was back then. Even right? I, I like Catholic hospitals. Mm-hmm. I think they're really great. If I have if yeah. I'm able to choose, I'll go to the Catholic hospital in town. Sure. Yeah. If, if they said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like let's let's bring the priest in here. I'd be like, oh yeah. no. It's like like even at a Catholic hospital, mm-hmm. you would you would think like they would they wouldn't even touch that. They, and they don't, right? They would not, absolutely. Yeah. So we cut back to the doc and he explains. He's still explaining. He, he's still explaining. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Men shut up. men be splaining. <laughs> men be men, oh my god. <laughs> you can't tell me men ain't be splaining. Mm-mm. And this is another level of men of folks because you're listening to us. <laughs> uh, I think I think as Keenan already pointed out. So no, Keenan points out that so, we're mansplaining, and I'm mansplaining yeah, the fact that, that we're mansplaining that this doctor mansplaining. That I already pointed it out. Okay. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I and I also had to point out how meta this is. God, uh, meta means like when we're talking about like that the text is a text. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, we're yeah, sort yeah. of addressing it as a text right. and uh, from the yeah. outside and the inside at the same time. Right. Yeah. This is this is before um, uh, what's his name got his hands all over it. Um, Social network guy. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So, so yeah, he says it's a stylized – the doctor, the doctor, not Eisenberg. Um, but yeah, so our doc says that it's a stylized ritual in which the uh, rabbi or priest tried to drive out the so-called invading spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's shifting a lot in his seat as he says all this, yeah. right? But, uh, but as he settles – like, am I – crazy or is he getting more and more interested by what he's saying mm-hmm. like it's almost like like now that he's talking about it now that he's like shifted his seat he's also shifted from sympathy to like clinical curiosity right <laughs> like like he forgot why he was talking about it and he just gets caught up in it he like he's like, oh yeah this is primitive cultures and they oh they actually think you know i think that's it just the more he talks the calmer he is when someone else gets the opportunity to speak or ask questions he's like i don't i don't i don't know what I'm, i don't know where i put my hands <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! He's he's, um, a, he's a podcaster without a podcast. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Give this man a mic. <laughs> I heard I heard um, one of my friends once describe his his partner that mm-hmm. she, that she was an artist without an art. Like like she like she was frustrated because like she has all the artistic sensibilities and that's like how she should be living her life. But she didn't she mm-hmm. didn't make art right. She didn't oh. have the outlet for it right. So yeah, that's Doctor Barrett. There we go. <laughs> the podcaster yeah. without a podcast. Mm-hmm. If yeah. uh, if a white man <laughs> makes a podcast in the forest, <laughs> but, but there's no microphone to hear it. <laughs> Does he get five stars? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh, he'd be bothering the the, the squirrels and, and the bears, and he's like, hit that subscribe button. And, uh, yeah. 
Welcome to the Forest Minute, where I where I talk about uh, sunrise and sunset. And, uh... <laughs> now, I, I do want to point out for our listeners that I am not mm. white. I'm I'm Hawaiian, Chinese, Filipino, etc. And I'm um, mm. I'm a gay man, and uh, and all of that. But um, all that goes and away. I am all the other things. <laughs> all, like I, I am the I am the whitest. <laughs> I am the. I think we. I think we joked about this in in a previous minute. Minute. I mean, even like a white person, I just interrupted you. So, but no, you, I got, like, you had three incredibly white names. Yeah, Lester, Ryan, no, Clark. Four. Oh, what's the fourth? Michael. Because <laughs> I needed a saint name. Because I'm oh, so. Oh, that's right, right, right. Yeah. But I was going to say before I was interrupted. <laughs> That I, I I'm you know I'm Asian and, and Native mm-hmm. Hawaiian and and I'm gay and uh, and all that but but all that goes away when I'm in front of a microphone <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like that just takes <laughs> over and I just become a basic white dude <laughs> with, with my podcast <laughs> talk about whatever I want to talk about <laughs> oh my god you all have to listen that's how it goes yep yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's it that's how it is <laughs> right Sarah Sarah Kaning cares about whether you are having a good time. <laughs> But not Dr. Berenger on the uh, no right on on the, on the Berenger podcast and foundation and foundation. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't. He doesn't have guests. He just uh, <laughs> he doesn't have guests or topics. <laughs> no, no. It's just whatever enters his brain. He sets up his, his little uh, his little podcasting uh, like a portable studio like in front of a babbling brook um, or like near the edge of the forest, and he just talks about uh, uh, the bears to, to um, the bears. He talks about to the bears. Talks yeah. about the bears to the bears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a thing about you bears. He says. Yes. Oh jeez. <laughs> I don't know if you bears can understand it from the outside, from the inside. Oh gosh. Luckily, you have me. <laughs> this is the most condescending podcast ever. <laughs> Explaining bears to bears. All right, let's get let's get back to yeah, some yeah, 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 yeah. semblance mm-hmm. of something. Yeah, three stars. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't like his mansplaining, but he tasted good. <laughs> That's the last episode. Great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of season one, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, recording from inside the bear's stomach. The acoustics in here. I mean, God. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. right. Um, But yeah. So, so our doc, Dr. Berenger continues, right? He he also has to assert that it's all nonsense. Mm -hmm. You know, like he's wearing a lab coat, he says, right? Like, and if you pause, like his smile is the definition of smug, right? right? Like he says, it's been pretty much discarded these days, except by the Catholics who uh, keep it in the closet Mm -hmm. as a a sort of embarrassment, Mm -hmm. right? Like, oh my God, he is so, he is so trying to, backpedal as he's talking right um which like in the 1970s that was that was probably true right the the you know catholics keeping it in in the closet oh sure um but make note of that folks like make note of the fact that before this movie uh, this book in fact in this movie and and in this time exorcism was like I guess you could say like it was on its way out, right? Right. In fact, it was so obscure and unheard of that this doctor has to explain it to Chris like he's doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I want you all to sit with that for just a second. Like we are in a darkened theater in the early 1970s. I, we're likely religious, but we probably don't know as much about this thing called exorcism as we do today. Mm-hmm. And like now this movie is saying, hey, you know that church 
that you go to every Sunday, you actually don't. You think you do. But did you know that they sometimes do this thing called exorcism Mm -hmm. because people sometimes get possessed? Possessed? What's that? Oh, it's when a demon enters your body. What? Like, Like if you're already religious and you take everything the church says as gospel um (laughs) i don't think you're allowed to say that lester (laughs) (laughs) and then so and then you find out that they also do this thing like you're already bought in right Mm -hmm. like it must be real Mm -hmm. right everything about the church is real so even though you may never have heard of it before like like I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Like imagine today, you know, you know, this is this is um, we're still in the midst of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're mindful of your health, and you're also a good patient, and you go to the doctor regularly, and then you see a movie like, oh, did you know about this disease where your eyeballs shrivel up into raisins, <laughs> right? And it's very very common. You know, you have a fifty fifty chance of it every time you blink, right? Like, and there are there's all these historical cases, and it's really scary, and there's this disease out there, and it's always been out there but nobody talks about it. And then, so you go to the doctor Mm -hmm. and you check with the doctor and they confirm, yes, that disease exists. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I wish I knew like how aware people were of, you know, demonic possession and exorcism before this movie. Because I, I think part of the success of this movie, of this book, is the fact that it brought an obscure idea back into the public consciousness. Right. Well, how do you, how do you even like pull people, why would you have pulled people ahead of time? Right. Like, what do you think? What do you think about exorcism? You know, Mm -hmm. people didn't think about it. Yeah. And like we as a modern audience will never be able to taste that or enjoy that or get a sense of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like like this. This is introducing a new thing. And and. Even to the point of like it's introducing it very late in the movie comparatively. Mm -hmm, Right. Right. Like like right now. Um, And that's why like any movie about demonic possession after this suffers because this one was so successful. Well, suffers and, you know, there's a movie that's coming out now in 2023 when we're recording mm. this. I don't know how good it is. I'm not going to see it. But uh, mm. several people have have um, sent me, you know, links, trailers, et cetera. Do you know about it? The Pope's Exorcist? Oh, the Pope's. I was I was just going to say. Right. I was I was actually going to mention. But people, yeah, people assume that, that they're related. So my father was like, oh, mm. it's a new exorcist. And it's not. It's just, it's a ripoff. I, again, I don't know if it's a good movie or not. But like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's using the idea of the exorcist to you know, be marketable, not in a bad way necessarily, but, but like, right, like they're, right. they're taking advantage of the fact that now you know what an exorcism is and what an exorcist is. So right. this is the Pope's yes. version or something. I don't know. This is, this is, this is the Pope's exorcist. <laughs> you've heard of the exorcist. Mm-hmm. Well, and you've heard of the Pope. <laughs> yeah. Be sure you've heard of those two things before you come yes. in. Yeah. Yeah. This is Dr. Berenger's the Pope's <laughs> exorcist. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like this doc says, the Catholics probably didn't even think about this thing before this movie, right? Even if you were Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were probably like like the, the, the Catholic officials, right? The priests and everything were probably embarrassed by it, the church, I mean. Um, so even if you went to church, imagine your friends one day say, hey, come with us. We're all going to go see The Exorcist. What's that? Oh, it's a story about a girl who's possessed. Possessed what? What does, what does she possess? No, 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 no. <laughs> She's possessed. And the priests have to do an exorcism. Oh, what is that? Oh, it, it's a real thing. You have, you've never heard about it? Like, no, my priest has never talked about that. Because <laughs> when would you do that? Other than the story, right, of, the, of, of Legion and the pigs, right? That's the only time. Yeah, that's, that's an exorcism, <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose. But like, but that's God doing it. 
Exactly. <laughs> so I don't know if that counts as an exorcism. So it's like like he's not gonna he's not gonna close his book. And he's like, and then the pigs all you know uh, went into the river right. and they drowned. And and Jesus was like, ha ha ha, lol. No. Um, <laughs> No, he doesn't say that. Um, but then, yeah, so the priest isn't going to close his book and be like, you know, we still do that. <laughs> right. Don't, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> right. Like, but but if you feel like, you know, you got like some 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 demons in you, you know, just you know, come see us after, you know. But it's also not going to be like the doctor says where the priest closes that chapter. Right. And, and, he, and he's like, well, so that's an exorcism and we still do that. Cringe. So embarrassing. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not going to mention it. They're going to like they like you could read that story. The priest could read that story in like in church and probably the uh, what is it? Uh, The parishioners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. the, The congregation is going to you know, lump that in with all of the other things that Jesus did, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, like walking on water, like, you know, helping the blind man see, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, getting that demon out of that guy mm-hmm. and putting it into the pigs. Right. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, I wonder if the priests have like walking on water practice <laughs> or I wonder if they, if, you know, if, if the priests cure blindness, no, like this is, that's specifically a Jesus thing. Right. So, so I can see, like, yeah, I wonder, I want to, I want to know from like my fellow Catholics, cause I didn't know about this until this movie, mm-hmm. like, like growing up as a Catholic, did you know that this was a thing? Like, and, and I'm speaking specifically before seeing this movie, before this book, like, like did Catholics growing up know that this was a thing? Not from what I have seen. I'm sure that there are some really astute Catholics out there who knew everything. Um, so, so I'm sure there were some people, but from my understanding and anyone can correct us of obviously, but that know that this would, this was new and novel, you know, it was so yeah. retro <laughs> and that's what I was thinking, right? Like, like, yeah, this movie brings exorcism and the book bring exorcism <laughs> back into the public consciousness. And that reminds me yeah. of, of like, you know, inquisitors or like the Spanish inquisition and how like that that didn't ever come back. So like if, right. if Blatty hadn't come along, we would be thinking about exorcism like we would think about Inquisition, right? Like something right. that was in the past that like, what a weird thing that used to happen. Yeah. No wonder people were falling and throwing up. And, and also no wonder there was like a spike in church attendance after this movie. <laughs> right. In a way that, um, yeah, Dostoevsky's uh, version of the Grand Inquisitor didn't get people going back to the Catholic Church. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, I want to get me some of that. No one expects mm-hmm. the Spanish Inquisition. This is about as close as we got to a yeah. Inquisition uh, revival. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody expects it because nobody thinks about it anymore. No. Um, but yeah, so, oh, um, so that – Sorry, oh, yeah. I, this is a tangent. But um, mm-hmm. recently in my class, I showed um, Monty Python, The Holy Grail. Speaking oh, yes. of the Spanish Inquisition and, and their mm-hmm, their skin, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know if the students like uh, know Monty Python. I'm not sure, right? So, oh, yeah. so mm-hmm. before we showed the movie, I asked like, who has, um, who has seen it? About half of the people had never seen any Monty Python before. So like, oh. great, that's wonderful that I'm doing this. And the other half who had seen it were like, yes, and we've seen this movie like several, several, like uh, many, many, many times. So like, yeah, that yeah. was really interesting. That like, like the people who had seen it were so familiar with the Holy Grail and so familiar with Monty mm-hmm, Python. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so it's interesting to see that that's still happening. Like. They're still like, and I know you're one of these people, right? Like Monty Python oh, yes. diehard person. So yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it no, it 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 boggles my mind. And this is just this is just me getting old. I just <laughs> have to accept this. But when I say something like you know, um, when I mention oh yeah, like Monty Python, mm-hmm. and my kids look up, it was like 
who, what? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. Well, yeah, I think that they're still out there. I think there still are diehard Money Python fans out there, though. That, that's why I was reporting back to you. They exist, I think. Okay. <laughs> like fresh new ones or just like people as old as us? Oh, oh no. I mean, these are half of my, my students. Like, uh, okay. So maybe your students are a little too young because yours are K-12, maybe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so these are you know college students. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, so so that like like everything that we were talking about like like exorcism and and the impact of this movie right that just goes to show that this movie can't be made anymore mm-hmm. right um i'm saying this as the requel is coming <laughs> do you hear that requel this movie can't be made anymore right but um, it's going to it's going to be in a different world right cuz it created the world that yeah yeah right right it's there's never going to be a question of like like what's going on with like that i think part of that is the is the scariness of like like what is going on with Reagan, mm-hmm. right? Until we, until we like, we hear about it and was like, oh, exorcism, demon, blah, you know. Um, but like, like in the same way that Dracula has ruined vampires for uh-huh, us, right? right? Like, like, you know, like, like, hey, have you heard about this obscure monster called a vampire? Mm-hmm. Like, kinda, but not really. It was like, well, here's Dracula. And you're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Is that like what a vampire is? I, I thought it was an obscure legend from an obscure part of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, same thing here. Exorcism was part of the old times. Nobody thought about it. The church wasn't doing it anymore. Like this, like this doc says, like they, they were hiding it in the closet as an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. So the church going public probably wouldn't even know about mm-hmm. it. And then like along comes this movie and says, there's more to your own religion than you thought, right? Like this is a thing. This can happen. Right. That's wild to mm-hmm. me. But yeah, so, okay. So let's get back to this minute. Uh, the doc is still talking. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and and he says, I mean, like we're still talking. So, you know. Um, and he says that it has worked, uh, but then he has to add that little bit at the end, where I was like, although not for the reasons they think, mm-hmm. it's purely a, uh, you know, and 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 that's where our minute cuts off, right? <sighs> it's purely a. Uh, well, geez, I mean, our last our last minute ended with the cliffhanger of of what mm-hmm. the doctor was going to say, and then again, <laughs> Doctor Barringer's yeah. ending our. He's still not done. Oh, with another one. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Not for the reasons they think. It's purely a. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's that. But yeah. Um. Th- so. That's that's all the notes I got here. I'm I'm I, like I I have so much stuff uh, about Doctor Berenger's like scientific explanation of exorcism in the next minute, but we can't say it here because Great. he hasn't said it. Looking yet. Looking forward to it. Somehow he hasn't yeah. gotten to the point. Somehow, yeah. Um, that's how you know, like you, you know, you pass you pass the you have to write those 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 essays in doctor school, right? <laughs> and that's how that's how you fill you know eight to ten pages. <laughs> But yeah, so that is all of my notes for this minute. Keenan, is there anything we missed in here? No, I think we got it. So, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the, the power, power of, of Monty, Monty Python, Python compels, compels you. This podcast is no more. (laughs) Nobody expects the Exorcist Minute.